Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment, your journey into personal growth. The splendor of any decision is after you've made it, all that remains to be seen are its consequences. My name is Ken Primus. I am your host. Here at Threads of Enlightenment, we talk about the principles of self-development and personal growth. By having conversation with people, who have walked through their journey of personal growth. We believe that everyone at some point in their life will have to deal with one or more of these principles to have the privilege of focusing on their self-development as humans. These principles, when applied, can help you to become the best self possible. Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment, your journey into personal growth. The splendor of any decision is after you've made it, all that remains to be seen are its consequences. My name is Ken Primus, I am your host. Here at Threads of Enlightenment, we talk about the principles of self-development and personal growth. By having conversation with people, who have walked through their journey of personal growth. We believe that everyone at some point in their life will have to deal with one or more of these principles to have the privilege of focusing on their self-development as humans. These principles, when applied, can help you to become the best self possible. Welcome to another episode of Threads of Enlightenment. Uh, we have Carolina is going to come and talk to us, give us some wisdom as to how she got to where she is today. I'm going to let her introduce herself. And as you know how we do it here at Threads of Enlightenment, we get a chance to go back and see the journey, how they became oh, who they are today. So uh, welcome to Threads of Enlightenment. And um I can't wait to hear your story. Go ahead. Thank you so much, Ken. So my name is Karolina Zatkowolska, and I'm an alcohol-free life coach. And I'm mm-hmm. also an author with a book coming out on January 4th entitled Euphoric Ditch Alcohol and Gain a Happier, More Confident You. Um, the pre-order nice. is also available, so I'd love to talk about that a little later. But basically, I help women make alcohol small in their life. And not only does that produce more health, more happiness, it also gives them the confidence to really look in with themselves and discover, what do I want most on Mm. this planet? What do I want to do? It takes them away from this immediate gratification and actually has them yearning for bigger questions of where do I find fulfillment and meaning in my life? Mm -hmm. And so I like to say that they take a break from alcohol and go after their bigger dreams instead because they find those deeper uh, answers to those kind of questions. Nice. It's this beautiful, beautiful journey that I walk women through. And the thing that I think differentiates me from some of the other players in um, in this the alcohol space is I'm not necessarily talking to the heaviest drinker around, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there's so much that we've heard about that type of a problem. There's so many different programs for someone who's really, really, really has a heavy, severe drinking problem. 
I like to talk about the mainstream. And I Mm -hmm. think that's what was really missing in our society right now. We're not really talking about the habits and the conditioning and some of the status quo behaviors and patterns that a lot of adults have picked up, Mm -hmm. but isn't necessarily someone sitting on a park bench, you know, in Central Park with a brown paper bag. So why do like talking about the mainstream is really where my jam is because I kind of found myself struggling with the question of whether or not I had a problem with alcohol, because in many cases, a lot of my drinking looked normal, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm laughing because a friend of mine, uh, she and I had this conversation a few days ago, and she was telling me that uh, she wasn't considering herself an alcoholic because it was just only one bottle from a hard day's work. (laughs) You see, and that... And that mentality, honestly, it's what we've been trained to think of, of alcohol. Yeah. So that's not one's fault. I, I was stuck in that same mentality, but it ultimately stops someone from making any progress because mm-hmm. if you're not that bad or someone's worse than you, then the habit can continue, right? Mm-hmm. And so I like to ask a different question, not do I have a problem? You know, is this overtaking my life? I like to ask a different question. And that is, is this making me happy? Is mm-hmm. this habit making me happy? And it doesn't matter where you fall on the quantity of drinks Mm -hmm. to find your truth to that question, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, personally, I started drinking as a teenager, right? And Mm -hmm. I was introverted and shy. And so when I started drinking, it was almost like this magical elixir for me. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I found something that can make me more extroverted at parties. I can be more confident. And so I started this habit, obviously, socially. I think most most of us adults do start socially when we're younger, whether it's through parties or socializing. Mm-hmm. And and I, I kept up with it in my 20s. And it's something that, you know, I, I partied pretty hard when mm-hmm. I was in my college years. But then as I grew up and I got a job and I got married and I kind of settled down, I tried to tone back the drinking. I really tried to limit it. And so mm-hmm. I, I relegated it only on the weekends, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was very healthy and mindful. By the time I turned 30 years old, I drank green juices. I did yoga. I did meditation. And yet every weekend I would drink. Sometimes I would mm-hmm. overdrink. Sometimes I would let myself down. And it felt like it all came crashing down every Monday morning. Every mm-hmm. Monday morning, I woke up feeling so low, so depressed, just so behind in life. Like I was always erasing that progress I was trying to make during the week. Mm-hmm. And I kept feeling stuck with that question, you know, do I have a problem? Do I have to go to AA? Do I have to call myself an alcoholic? And I would look around me and, I'm, and I would tell myself, well, I'm, I'm literally drinking the very similarly to all of my friends socially. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going out to the bars on a random Tuesday. It's on the weekend, you know? And so I, I couldn't answer that question. I couldn't figure out whether I had a problem or not. All I knew is that I felt internal turmoil about mm-hmm. it. And I, I kept pushing that to the back of my mind for years and years and years and years. But it was like, it was honestly trying to drink less, trying to make alcohol as small as possible in my life was something at the forefront of my mind for a long time. It took up so much mental space, you know, Mm -hmm. so many rules I made for myself so much, even just worrying about it. Like, okay, I was invited out for, you know, maybe sushi with friends on a Thursday. I have to worry because on Friday I have a meeting or something, you know? <laughs> so it just always had so much mental time in my brain yeah. and I was sick of it. I just got sick of it. You know, there wasn't a rock bottom. There wasn't like an, an episode of, you know, a, a DUI or just, you know, something crazy like that. 
I just got sick of how much mental time it was taking on my brain, you know? Mm -hmm. And I kind of started questioning and asking myself, like, I'm a smart, I'm a smart lady. Like I had these dreams when I was a little girl of doing so much more with my life. Like, where did all that go? You know, Mm -hmm. where did all that creativity and potential go? And I think it was that deeper yearning that really started me to, you know, start being a little bit more rebellious and telling myself, even if this, this doesn't look like the problem I see in the movies or whatever it is, mm-hmm. I'm going to have permission. I'm going to grant myself permission to really take a look at it. Nice. And so what I started with was honestly just a break from alcohol. My first break was dry January. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a big thing in the U S the UK, maybe some other countries are picking up too. Mm-hmm. where really, you just take the month of January off from drinking. You know, the holidays are kind of crazy for most people mm-hmm. and you really reset over January. And so to me, it was like, a great excuse. Like, oh, I get to do dry January. I don't have to explain this to anyone. Yeah. I can just <laughs> I can just kind of do this privately for myself. And I honestly started to fall in love with how I felt without wow. alcohol. I nice. loved the early mornings. I loved how deep and rich my sleep became. Mm-hmm. And I loved myself like finding fun in new new ways. Like I remember playing with my niece more often and playing board games with my husband. Oh, awesome. And there was like this wholesome quality to it that I just, I really loved. I felt so much integrity within mm-hmm. myself because every day I kept the promise to myself, you know, instead of breaking it, which yeah, is, yeah. can be so disruptive to someone's self-esteem. And, you know, after dry January, I just, I liked it so much, but I didn't really think I could continue. Like mm-hmm. it was almost like I was following this code and the code says, Normal adults drink alcohol. <laughs> Therefore, if you want to be a normal adult, you must drink. Must drink. <laughs> and so I, I drank again in February, but this time the contrast to what I had experienced in January was so sharp, so vivid, so the opposite of what I wanted to feel. You know, mm-hmm. like I wanted to read and journal in the evenings, not be buzzed, yeah. you know, watching yeah. TV. I wanted to have this deeper kind of spiritual and healthy lifestyle. And so the contrast was just so mind glaring to me that I decided to take another break then. And I honestly, it's gotten so good, so amazing. Life has gotten so fulfilling, mm-hmm. so big and beautiful that I haven't looked back since. Wow. And, you know, I, I shared with you earlier a little bit about this book. I remember as a child, I was a little girl who her only biggest dream was to write a book. I wanted to be an author so badly. Mm-hmm. And yet by the time I became a drinker, I basically stopped writing. I used to journal when I was younger. I used to write short stories and poems. And when I became a drinker, it kind of just dried up. I just stopped. I just stopped writing, you know, mm-hmm. and I almost, be- I just believed it's not going to happen for me. It's not in the cards. You know, I have new year's resolutions to write more often and it just didn't happen. And that first year alcohol free, not only did I launch my business, not only did I launch a podcast, not only did I run a half marathon, I also wrote the first draft of my book, which is coming out now. Congratulations. And so it was just this culmination of like that mental space that was being taken up by alcohol, Mm -hmm. no matter whether the consumption level itself, but just that, that stress over it, that thinking about it, that, you know, worrying about it, that left behind this beautiful, beautiful space for me to actually manifest and go after my biggest dreams. That is, that's a beautiful story. I love to hear it was your passion that saved you, your passion for more. Uh, I, I know in many cases, um, I would say about 98% of us, we crash. <laughs> you know, we go all the way to the end. 
but it's really good to hear someone that uh, the desire for that uh, better life kept you uh, because I have that same conversation with so many of our friends, my friends, because we would be so good on the weekdays and then we would go and party on, on the weekend, Friday night and Saturday. Sunday was, I didn't want to talk to anyone. Uh, it took me about three days. Uh, when I was younger, I was able to do that, you know. But as I got older, I saw that mentally, my body and all the things, and I kept asking myself, why am I doing this? I remember, I know several of my friends that we were together, we all kind of made this pact that uh we would help each other to walk through those things on the weekend. And, and we used to, um, we, we replaced it with going boating and, and picnics and all the different things like that, uh, that we would just play um, all these other games. And most of us are still not drinking like, like that at all. So um, I, it was good to hear your story that you didn't crash and burn like some of my, some of us do in our party days. So. But uh, congratulations on the book and the fact that you're able to to be creative in the sense that uh, allowed that aspect of your personality to come forth and um, you started your business. So now that you started your business, as far as um, reaching out to people and, and helping people, how did you put that piece together? What happened to say, okay, let me go ahead and start it? Versus, okay, I'm just getting to hang out on the weekend with more family member, more time and whatever. What made you zero in to go, you know what, let me put this into a business format? That's such a great question. And, and thank you for sharing some of your experience. You know, I think the weekend warrior lifestyle is is really prevalent in our yeah, society. It is. And it, so it's not like our fault. It's literally what we've been conditioned to do. It's, it's how our society functions. And mm-hmm. it's just such a breath of fresh air to find people um, finding something that brings them so much more joy, connection, peace, you know, that doesn't turmoil up their brain so much. But, um, with my business, you know, I think it's like, I think it's about threefold. So first of all, you know, alcohol is my Achilles heel, whether, whether or not, um, you know, I relate to having a heavy, heavy drinking problem or more in the middle, it was still something that I always let myself down about. It was something that like, my best of intentions, it got away from me, you know, like Mm -hmm. it was that Achilles heel for me. And so when I took a break from alcohol, all of a sudden I'm doing something I've never done before. You know, I had been drinking since I was 17, at least every weekend, right? So at least once a week, ever since I was 17. And so the very first time I got to my first weekend or my second weekend without drinking, all of a sudden I'm I'm doing something I've never done before. And I'm like smashing it, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I'm going 14 days without alcohol and then 20 days and then 30 days and then 50 days. And you get to like 50 days without alcohol. Not only are you, you proving your own best and going further than you've ever gone. It's also probably the, the most that anyone around you has ever, you know, gone without alcohol, you Mm -hmm. know, and especially in typical social circles. So you start to feel kind of like a badass. You're (laughs) like, I'm smashing it. I'm doing it. I'm like, I'm finally a master over my Achilles heel. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't control me anymore. And I think that confidence starts spilling over into other areas of your life, you know? And so there was so many limiting stories that I had. I thought I had to drink to fit in. I thought I had to drink to be social. I thought I had to drink for whatever reasons in our society. 
And I started to slowly dispel those and Mm -hmm. say like, you know what? No, I can actually practice socializing sober and get better at it and get good at it and get confident in my skin and start defying these limiting beliefs I had been telling myself. And so when I topple over a lot of the limiting beliefs I had about me and my relationship with alcohol, all of a sudden it started to beg the question of what other ways was I limiting myself in my life? What other stories had I believed or picked up that aren't true? Mm-hmm. And so one of the stories I picked up a long time ago was that I'm not cut out to be an entrepreneur. So mm. I had actually worked in higher education and we, I was in our business school and we actually helped other students launch their businesses. Wow. And, you know, there's this culture around it. It was very like Silicon Valley-y and startup-y and you had to be like a tech genius about it and mm-hmm. get venture capital. And all those kinds of things were like, that's not me, <laughs> you know, this like shy foreign kid. Nope, you know. I just can help other people do that. Yeah. So I had this vision in my head of what entrepreneur is, and that wasn't me. So I never even, you know, begged that question. Mm-hmm. But it was changing that relationship with alcohol that started to ask, well, why not me? You mm-hmm. know, why why couldn't I do this? Yeah. Right. And so that's kind of number one. But I think number two is, you know, alcohol is so normalized in our society. And so there's no, there's no like It doesn't surprise me, you know, that like you and your friends also had this like weekend kind of habit. It's Mm -hmm. literally what most social circles do. It's it's such a normalized part of our culture. And yet we think of it as the epitome of fun. We think of it as the epitome of the weekend. Mm -hmm. What I think that does is it robs us of the opportunity of discovering what truly brings us joy, organic joy, what truly makes us feel happy, you know? And in the, and there's so many deep, pleasurable experiences that, you know, like you said, you found picnics and boating and all these beautiful things that like are so much more fun than sitting around on the couch drinking a few drinks, you know? Mm-hmm. But it also for me begged a deeper question, you know, like why was alcohol the most, like, why did I look forward to it so much on that weekend? Why mm-hmm. was my life so unfulfilling? Why was the week something I wanted to just get through yeah. as fast as possible? And I realized that I had felt very unfulfilled in my career mm-hmm. and that, you know, I did have these dreams. I, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to be my own boss. I yeah. wanted to travel the world. I wanted to make an impact. None of those things were happening when I was a drinker. And so that confidence first gave me this kind of deeper questioning of what do I really want most mm-hmm. in my life? What do I want to do on this planet? How can I make a difference? How can I bring more meaning into my life? And so I married that question by, you know, really discovering that I have a, I think I have a gift to help other people. I have a challenge I've overcome and that I can help the woman behind me. And so then the third part to, you know, launching a business for me was I changed my relationship with alcohol in a matter of months. Like not only did I not drink the beverage, like put alcohol to my lips, I completely transformed my mindset around it. And I think that that's something that I found a little unique Mm -hmm. to my experience compared to some of the other books I had read. Like some people still bemoan to themselves like, oh, I can't drink. You know, I'm I'm an alcoholic. I can't drink. I can't drink. Right. It's the sad story that they are not allowed to drink. And I had completely lost my desire for alcohol. Mm -hmm. And what I had done is that I had looked into my mindset, not just changing the behavior, because that can sometimes live like leave behind a vacuum of deprivation, you know, yes. when you just change the behavior. Mm-hmm. I had to change the mindset of why did I come to believe that alcohol gave me benefits, pleasure, or comfort? Mm-hmm. And all of those reasons that I had believed, I needed to debunk them. I needed yes. to prove yes. to myself yes. that none of them were true, that mm-hmm. they were not fundamentally true. 
And some of them I found were actually scientifically not true. So for mm -hmm. example, a lot of people come home from a stressful day, pour a glass of wine because mm -hmm. they believe it relaxes them. Yep. And alcohol actually, because it's a depressant, Stimulates your body has this counteracting mm -hmm. system to um, <laughs> counteract alcohol in your body. So it releases stress hormones. It actually yeah. releases cortisol, adrenaline, and dynorphin in your body. So on a physical level, your body actually gets more anxiety and more stressed out after mm -hmm. drinking alcohol. Plus, it's this toxin that your body has to now detoxify. Detox. So your body's working on overtime. Mm -hmm. So in no like physical way does it actually like relax you, right? Like yeah. it actually induces more stress and, and 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 anxiety in the body. It just feels relaxing in the first twenty minutes because it's numbing all your all your systems down. Mm -hmm. So like that was one belief, for example, that I completely demolished just by learning more about science. Mm -hmm. But there were other ones. You know, I mentioned earlier that I was an introvert and I believe that alcohol made me more confident. And so that one was really a self-limiting belief I was telling myself mm -hmm. that I needed an outside substance yeah. outside of me to turn on my confidence. Like yeah. that makes no sense, mm -hmm. you know, and it limited me because it made me think that I am not enough on mm -hmm. my own yeah. without that beverage. Mm -hmm. I am not interesting enough. I am not charming, whatever it was. And so I really had to work through that through personal growth. I had to practice being comfortable in my skin. I had to practice socializing without alcohol. I had to come to believe that alcohol actually made me more insecure over time, yeah. not more confident, mm -hmm. that the only way to find true confidence is to find it within yourself and find the competence that you need to be confident. Yes. So there was another limiting belief that I completely changed, right? And so we all have all these reasons why we like to drink, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm basically toppling every single reason down fundamentally in my mind so that I'm literally left with no desire at the end mm -hmm, of the day. Mm -hmm. Alcohol is not appealing to me. I haven't yeah. had a craving in four years. Like it's just about as appealing as drinking car fuel. I'm so <laughs> over it. I have so much bigger things to do with my life and my time. Right. And so the process that I uncovered and discovered, and obviously I learned from a lot of different other teachers and yeah, yeah. Um, other personal growth leaders, but I had really found, I felt, I felt like this is, this works. I yes. need to share this with other people. Mm -hmm. And that's also the, the third reason why I launched the business is to, you know, really provide a framework that can literally change someone's neural pathways in their brain to no longer have any struggle around alcohol, but mm -hmm. to lose their desire for it. And that is so freeing. It is such a freedom, yeah. you know, to yeah. be ultimately in charge of your own desires. I think your your story is a beautiful thing because it speaks to the normality of our society or the perceived normality in, about our society. You think about people, how many hours you spend at work on, uh, on a weekly basis, and then you come home, you get drunk, and uh, you spend the Sunday recuperating back to work. Um, you're 90% of people statistically are not happy with what they're doing. So you are constantly, you're living this entire life of just numbness uh, from, from morning to, to evening. And then the perceived weekend comes that you're partying and having a blast. It's another form of numbingness. But I love the fact that, uh, and I tell people, people ask me about uh, what is, uh, you know, enlightenment. To me, enlightenment is to become a student of yourself. And I'm listening to you talk about the questions. That is the beginning of your enlightenment. When you begin to ask your questions, why? How did I get here? 
what are the processes, the mindset that I've acquired and deposited into my belief system that has caused me to be here? How, and you, as you begin to ask these questions, that's what I tell people is enlightenment, because you begin to strip away the, the facade, the teachings of your parents, of society, of uh, your school, of your friends, and of yourself. And then when you begin to question yourself, uh, because that is the person that where it matters, when you begin to question that behavior, your mindset, because you cannot lie to yourself. You can lie to anyone else, but you can't lie to yourself. And so when you begin to answer those questions truthfully, you have begun enlightenment. Because what it'll do, it'll cause another question. It'll force you to ask another question. And I'm hearing from your story that you began to approach those, what we call our, our demons, by having a conversation with them and doing your research and coming and sitting down with them, that particular uh, belief. And then you look at that belief once you have that conversation and say, oh, I don't need that. Then you go to the next belief system uh, that you have acquired and you put your data and your information together and you have a conversation with that one. They say, oh, I, I don't need that. And thank you for serving me. And I tell people what I did in my case was I made them entities that I could speak to. And I remember one was guilt. And I remember when we broke up, when we severed our relationship, and it was a marvelous time. And I celebrated that because it captured me and kept me in, in prison for many years. But once I had that conversation and that and I severed that relationship. I haven't felt that feeling ever since. And so I love your story in the sense that you, you ask those questions and you begin to answer it. And they began to bear fruit in your life. And as a result, you began to get clarity. And your clarity now puts you on a platform where you're able to look back. And this process that you're, you've developed, basically from me listening to you, is specific to your type friends to cause them to ask those same questions that you uh, did with yourself. People love normal society. Oh, you say it so well, you know, I think it's a beautiful journey of self-discovery, right? Mm -hmm. We learn to let go of the things that no longer serve us so that we can expand to who yes. we were meant to be on this planet. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, like this, this, this pattern of, of numbing one of one of the biggest fears that people have to me when they come is a little bit about, you know, are they going to be judged by other people? Are mm -hmm. they going to be um, kind of like an outcast in their group, you know, yeah. because it, it's what everyone's doing. Yeah. And you just brought up the point how, like, look at how normal society functions. Like everyone's working these jobs that pay the bills, but mm -hmm. aren't necessarily what their calling is. And then they numb out after work or whatever and live the cycle over and over again. And like if that's die. normal. Yeah. And they die. If that's normal, I want nothing to do with want, it, right? You know, like I'm okay yeah. being a rebel on this. Yeah. You see people from that process, um, stress, you know, we hear stress kills and the, the diseases that they acquire from that type of lifestyle is amazing. 
it's amazing. And um, it's just like any other thing, uh, the stress, as you said, even the alcohol continues that stressfulness that they have perceived that it numbed and it only did that for 30 minutes, you know, 40 minutes maybe. But that uh, stressful state, they're still in it all day, all weekend until Monday and here they come again. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I think it's like that stuckness sometimes that really the universe gives us the opportunity to grow, you know, Mm -hmm. and we can ignore it. We can push it down. We can keep living in the life and the cycle. But I love to position this as, you know, if this has piqued your interest, you know, and this is something that like is interesting to you, you know, you don't have to go all or nothing with this. Like I love to show people how they can just do it. Like I did it, just take a break from alcohol first, Mm -hmm. you know, because Sometimes this is the easiest way, I think, personally, to experience not only, I mean, the physical benefits, just the, the research I did for my book to, to show the physical benefits that happen. And personally, in my own life, like my cholesterol dropped 51 points, by the way, right? And wow. that's crazy to me because yeah. alcohol and cholesterol are not often correlated mm-hmm. in, in, our, in, our, in our mainstream kind of society. And yet that's what happened to me and very many other people they've actually proven. Imagine if this was common knowledge. Imagine if everyone who was on high cholesterol medication was actually, uh, you know, recommended, why don't you try a break from alcohol and see Mm -hmm. what that does? That's not being told right now, right? So, you know, the the physical benefits are ridiculous. Cancer markers go down, cholesterol goes down, brain gratter grows in Mm -hmm. your brain, you know, Um, the liver heals, all this just beautiful stuff. But then I love to really talk about, and my book first focuses on the physical, but then it's about the mental and the soulful benefits, Mm -hmm. you know, the mental benefits, you know, when you, when you are living in that stuck life, I think it deteriorates your self-esteem because you feel so stuck and there's Mm -hmm. nothing you can do about it. Right. Or so it feels it deteriorates your sense of integrity and self-love for yourself. It just starts, uh, you believe so many limiting beliefs too, whether they do come from society around you, but a limiting story of what, who you are and what you can do. And so when you start questioning, like you said, Mm -hmm. you start to really redevelop these new positive beliefs about yourself. And you start to have this sense of like, I can do a lot more than I think I can. I can Mm -hmm. live in a different paradigm than the one I had previously been, you know, conditioned to be in. I can live a much more fulfilling life. And you find things like gratitude rushing to you and appreciation mm-hmm. and connection and wonder and awe. And it's like rediscovering life again, yes. you know, especially with alcohol with such a chemical properties that it does on your brain. It really does change how you see things when you go alcohol free. Yeah. And so I always recommend people just try a break. You know, I think I always go for, you know, at least two months because you can really change the habit and the mindset in that time frame. And my book not only shows you why you should take a break from alcohol, but then it also guides you with an eight-week plan to help someone, you know, really not only, again, not put the drink up to their lips, Mm -hmm. because there's there's a missing growth opportunity when you're only focused on changing the habit, but really asking those questions like you said, what do I want most on this planet? What do I really need to take care of myself? Mm -hmm. And how can I find more fulfillment and contentment in my life? You know, that's more than just going out to the bar on the weekend. Yeah. I have this uh, process that I have all my clients and students go through. 
and it's called uh, having new experiences. Mm -hmm. So I will um, encourage them to go to a tango class or go to a new art class or Mm -hmm. try paddle boarding or try just something kind of they've always wanted to, but just never did. Mm -hmm. And they go out and they do these new experiences and it starts just like awakening their sense of creativity, intuition, and maybe even if it's not actually tango that, you know, they, they fall in love with. It's the sense of, oh, there's a passion out there for yes. me. There mm-hmm. is a passion out there for me, a passion and a purpose. Yeah. And I just need to keep digging deeper to find the answers to what that is. And the thing that I'm proudest most of is not that I help women just stop drinking. I help women let go of that. And then they get turned on to find their bigger sense of purpose. Yeah. And so some of the women I've been lucky enough to work with have launched businesses themselves, you know, really helping in nice. their communities yes. or solving a problem. Mm-hmm. I've helped women write books for the, you know, on their own as well. I mean, like, did you know, I think it's about 82% of Americans want to write a book and I'm guessing how many actually do is like <laughs> 0.001 or something, right? <laughs> you know, these are lifelong dreams a lot of people have. And yeah. so to actually take all of that energy and instead of, you know, living that life on that cycle to mm-hmm. really harness your creativity and use it for what you want more than anything is such a fulfilling feeling. And it all circles back, not just to fulfilling your own dreams. Most often than not, when we grow like that, and when we find our deeper purpose like that, it is all about making a contribution back to society. You know, in my case, I'm literally looking behind me at the woman I used to be, Mm -hmm. and I'm here holding out my hand for her, and I'm guiding her along, you know? Everything I do is of that woman in mind and mm-hmm. the woman behind me, right? And I think, you know, to me, with a kind of a spiritual lens, there's it's hard to sometimes find the reasons why we go through such challenging things in our life and, and such hardships, you know? Mm-hmm. But I like to think that the things that we overcome, the obstacles that we make it through, like we are now able to help guide other people going through those same obstacles and challenges. And if 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 I can help just one person, right, on the other side of the bridge, then going through the struggle was so worth it for me, you know? Yeah, and I you, think and that's And you think it. of all these different... I absolutely believe that's the reason why we go through it, Carolyn, is so that we can reach back to someone because um, how else is, who else is going to be able to reach back to that one? Maybe uh, you are the person, the conduit that is being prepared for that person. And, um, so you have gone through because why? Because, um, you know, uh, some people may say, you know, uh, God have led you that way so that you can reach back to that person behind you who may not be as strong as you are, that you're able to pull them up. And so you were able to save that person. So I think it is, um, why we go through that is because we were the best candidate. <laughs> I like that. I love that way of you saying know, it. You I know? think we were the best candidate to go through that. Why? Then you and I can then reach back, as you say. And uh, I think it keeps us uh, in. It keeps us humble. I think it keeps us in gratitude. Um, I think it keeps us focused. Uh, so I tell people to appreciate the darkness, as they say, because from the darkness is where uh, the earth was created from. And after seven days, the creator looked at it and says, this is beautiful stuff. (laughs) And so I think 
uh, as you and I uh, create and uh, we look at our lives uh, now compared to where we were and we can sit down for a second and say, this is some beautiful stuff. And it's not that we're staying here, is that we are at this moment, it is beautiful, but our intention is still to continue creating, uh, to creating more opportunities for the people that uh, we feel that we want to uh, be vulnerable uh, with uh, through our books, through our conversations with them, through a phone call. Uh, these are the opportunities that are given to us to be vulnerable to to people, and it keeps us, um, I believe, absolutely believe that it keeps us humble and grateful and in a state of thankfulness. And I think that is the key because once you are there, then um, you, when you reach back to someone, it's not done in ego. It's not something that can drive them away. They feel a certain compassion, a certain empathy, and they are able to then open up and become vulnerable so that you and I can embrace them and tell them it's okay. I think that's why we go through because we're the best candidates. (laughs) (laughs) Such a beautiful way of saying it, you know, and and when I was first getting the inspiration to start my business, I, I have to say it was like an out-of-body experience. Like it, it didn't come from me, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was almost, it was divine. I, I remember, you know, my whole company, my book is called Euphoric. I remember watching a sunset and all of a sudden, like I was so in love with this alcohol-free life. It was, I was only two months alcohol-free at that point. And something was just saying to me, like euphoric, you're, you're, you're euphoric, right? <laughs> And so the word even came to me from somewhere else. And then, you know, the business, I just, I remember literally sitting down with this divine inspiration and I did more in an afternoon than I had ever done in the last 10 years, <laughs> right. Of moving my dreams forward. And I was like, where did that come from? You know, yeah. Um, I truly believe that we are being led. We are being guided. We are being, you know, we are being stretched even to yes. create um, the, the legacy, but also the, the contribution to help other people. Um, and it has this, it's such a bigger picture. Like you said, it's so interwoven. We are all so connected. Yes. Um, and it's, it's so beautiful. I think when, when we stop pretending like we don't have a purpose on this planet or like we don't have a contribution or an impact or a legacy to make and really step up to that call and that set that journey of self-discovery to find out what that is. Mm-hmm. I think um, I love your story because your, the principle that you you have laid out is, and I hope that people are pray, paying attention to the words that you're talking about, because those principles that you're laid out is to overcome every single issue in your life. Your field of uh, alco- alcoholism because of the issue that you were battling personally but the way by which you came out and you conquered that is exactly how you come out and conquer every other um, thing that comes up, any other uh, uh, entity that it presents itself to you through those wonderful words uh, that is uh, the word of disease, uh, you know. And so uh, any entity that comes up, smoking, uh, drinking, uh, sexual th- uh, uh, things, whatever it is, 
the process by which you come forth from where you are is what Carolina is, is talking about. So I, um, I'm going to, I hope th- those who are listening to this grab a hold of what you're talking about because it is powerful stuff. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, again, if it piqued your interest, like a lens of curiosity, I think is the best way to approach it. Just like you said, asking questions and mm-hmm. maybe, maybe it isn't like you said, it's not the actual thing. It's not the alcohol. It's not the, you know, other poor coping mechanism, but it's the tool that is yes. meant to grow you from point A to point B. Exactly. It is the tool. And I've seen it, um, over and over and over again. It was the tool that I used to to get out of where I, w- I was. Um, the aspects, I wrote a book, uh, Threads of Enlightenment, and I told you, this is what Threads of Enlightenment is all about. The personal growth that we go through, but yet after that, w- there have to be more. And there are lots of people that are in need, and the joy that it brings to embrace someone that is um, at a place where you were, um, you know, and to tell them, all right, I'm here, I can walk with you. And that uh, that uh, alone will encourage them and start to build up their self-esteem, know that there's someone that they can trust. Um, the process, I, I each one of those chapters that I wrote in that book, I, I state, uh, say that they are states that we all have to visit as human beings. The first chapter, it talks about self-love. You talk about that. You talk about learning how to love yourself and to accept yourself and to trust yourself. Uh, Then you talked about the other aspect that I have there was, was solitude. And people misunderstand what I'm talking about. I'm not saying uh, solitude to me is a place where you get strong. That's where you ask yourself those questions. Those are the times that you investigate. Um, that's the place of power uh, because you're not being um, distracted by the noise, uh, the noise of society, the noise of family, um, all of kids, friends, parents, husbands, wives. It's that place of solitude that you have to get to for yourself to peel away the onions and the um, and ask the questions of who you are, why you're here. And then uh, as you get into those, and so that book is all about those, those chapters and the spaces. And in a short conversation with you, you spoke to all of them. The final chapter in that book was about servanthood. And you talk, and so that's what I'm saying. If someone... I, I beg you guys to listen to this conversation and see what uh, she had laid out for you. She has laid out because it's exactly how you come out from wherever you are so that you can become this better human spirit that we, we all aspire to become. And I love your story, Caroline. I love your story. It is so sweet. It's so powerful and so, um, you know, rich. And I hope that uh, you continue to reach out to the people and your books. I know your book is coming out in uh, January of next year. We're going to put all that stuff. Um, I'm going to tell everyone that whatever ways we can get in touch with you, give it to me. 
I want to make sure that they give that they follow you because, um, as I mentioned, it's not just about drinking, guys. Grab her and hold her and ask her a question about everything, and I'm sure she'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's it's such a spiritual growth, you know. And I have a chapter in my book all about the spiritual growth that you do you you go through on this kind of a journey. Um, but I, I appreciate you know you being on the show and being able to have the opportunity to share my story. And the book comes out January 4th, but the pre-order is available as of today. Um, okay. And when you order, I also have a ton of bonuses that come with it. So I'm offering um, a 31-day guide to help people. I'm also offering like just a, a checklist of 50, uh, 50 things to do outside of drinking. Because sometimes, you know, we think like, oh, if I don't drink or I don't do whatever I do usually after work, I'll be bored. But, you know, boredom, I think, is the greatest invitation for creation. Boredom yes. is the greatest um, foundation, actually, for innovation and for discovering, well, I have to go figure out some stuff. I have to go discover things that make me happy, that bring me meaning, that bring me purpose, and really experiment and delight myself in new ways other than just the status quo. Um, but the book is, yeah, available for pre-order, and you can find it at euphoricbook.com. And then mm-hmm. if you want to contact me, if you want to um, you know, work with me or go through any of my programs to really go through this mindset process yourself, you can find all the information you need at euphoricaf.com. Excellent. Thank you. I want to thank you so much for visiting us at uh, Threads of Enlightenment and honoring us with your story and to you've entrusted us with um, and your story and uh, you were vulnerable for us. And I do appreciate you and thank you that you have made time to come to us. And I hope that you will uh, continue to reach out to the people. And I am definitely going to keep an eye on you and I'm going to call you when your book is up and running. <laughs> and those oh, testimonies well, thank you so much. start. It was an honor. Yeah, those testimonies start coming in. I want to hear all about it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, it, it's a great endeavor. Um, I'm. I feel just so grateful that I really had my awakening because I can't imagine sleeping on what I'm going through in my life right now. Like this is the manifestation of some of my biggest, biggest dreams that I had as a little child, you know, and, and I think we have one life on this planet, right? Yes, and it's, we shouldn't be sleeping through it. Yeah. We need to awake. And I love that the tools that you also offer for other people to be able to do that, you know, like solitude. I love that. That's, that's where the deep answers come from. So thank yeah. you again, Ken. I'm so excited that we were able to have this conversation. And if anyone's interested in the book again, it's euphoricbook.com. Thank you so much. And, um, as I promise I will contact you when this book goes and um, invite you back. And you can um, always have a place to talk right here with us. And we appreciate you coming by Threads of Enlightenment. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ken. Right. Bye-bye. Everyone who's listening to this podcast. We hope to continually help you to learn how to embrace moments of darkness because it is in the darkness that we learn how to develop and use our abilities to truly see those parts of ourselves often invisible to us in the light. It becomes your responsibility to navigate through all of your trials to find out who you truly are 
and begin your journey to loving yourself, which is possibly one of the most difficult things you will ever do in your life. To love yourself and to find the real you. But always remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for coming by. Please subscribe. And if you can support us financially, we deeply appreciate it. You can do this by hitting the heart button. Until next time, invite your family, friends, neighbors, anyone that you can. You can hear us on Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast, and many more. Everyone who's listening to this podcast, we hope to continually help you to learn how to embrace moments of darkness because it is in the darkness that we learn how to develop and use our abilities to truly see those parts of ourselves often invisible to us in the light. It becomes your responsibility to navigate through all of your trials to find out who you truly are and begin your journey to loving yourself, which is possibly one of the most difficult things you will ever do in your life. To love yourself and to find the real you, but always remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for coming by. Please subscribe. And if you can support us financially, we deeply appreciate it. Until next time, invite your family, friends, neighbors, anyone that you can. You can hear us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast, and many more.